sit here having digested the World Cup and there's been a lot of emotion. We've, we've seen Germany create history. We've seen Canada create history and we've heard the Australian basketball public's opinions and, and the emotions attached to it. We've heard people call for Gorge to be sacked. It's been an incredible few days. So we said last episode we would perhaps do one before we started season two. So this is our last episode for a, a little bit until the NBL season tips off. But, um, mate, we have to start with Germany. They're the world champions. Yeah. Um, my initial thought is maybe our loss to uh, Germany wasn't as bad in hindsight now. Uh, I think they probably had the... Well, I think Dennis Schroeder is, is the difference maker in all of this. Uh, and his ability to be able to put the ball in someone's hands to make a play uh, at the end of a game. Uh, he seemed to have control that entire World Cup outside of the coach's control to uh, have a bit of an argy-bargy with him. But it was interesting seeing that dynamic at the end of the World Cup as well, like it's all hugs and rainbows. Had that not gone the way, you know, does the coach probably lose his job? For well, what he well did. I, I, I think the, the instance you're talking about is that there was a really widely seen instance where Schroeder and Daniel Tice got into it on the bench and the coach, first of all, broke them up and then benched them. And for an extended period of, a period of time against, I believe it was the Latvian game mm. in the quarterfinals, uh, he made, the coach made his statement. He brought him back onto the floor, um, w- which is the first part of the story of that game. And this this game fascinated me. Um, I, I thought Latvia were incredible to watch. They, they, they were missing Porzingis. I thought they moved the ball and moved their players as well as any team in it and probably achieved as much or as close to their capabilities of any other team in this tournament outside of Germany. But I just keep coming back with all of the emotion around the boomers and Germany. And I've probably jumped the gun here, but Davis Bertans had a three to knock Germany out in the quarterfinals in that same game. And if he makes that shot, it's an entirely different conversation. It's, it was such an incredible sliding doors moment because that three didn't miss by far. But as it goes, Germany win one that they maybe should have won more easily. Um, you know, I spoke to some Canadian basketball people after the game and everybody hoped that that one-point win was their loss and they go on to become world champions. It, it was an incredible game for so many reasons now that we've seen the tournament play out. I, I know we like the conversational Euro steps. So everything that you just said, Latvia reminds me of the... Andre Lamanus boomers with the ball movement. Right. Yes. Um, and watching them, I had I was like, man, this is what I thought our boomers team would look like offensively, the way that we should move the ball. Um, not sure if you saw on Twitter today, but Latvia had like similar to Serbia, you know, they went to town hall and all that. The crowd there for a team that finished fifth was unreal was incredible like the amount of support that they had and 
like you said, a team that still adds Porzingis, which will be a big piece of their puzzle going forward. Uh, they become really exciting next year for the for the Olympics. Germany. They, they still need to qualify, right? Correct. But off the back of what we've just seen without Porzingis, the ability to add him, yes, there's other teams that have pieces to add to the puzzle, um, which to me is a real concern for Australia at the same time with what's still to come and what's going forward. Um, going back to Germany for a second, they found a way to win. Like a lot of their games were close games, tight games, and they executed probably the best out of anyone uh, outside of Latvia um, in late game stretches and uh, situational play. And Dennis Schroeder was obviously great. great. Uh, uh, Franz Wagner uh, was awesome. He had a great tournament. The, the one thing that stood out to me is the shooting, the ability to knock down shots. Uh, something compared that we spoke about. Compared to Australia? That's something that we spoke about where Australia lacked this tournament. But Germany just seemed to have guys that were able to knock down shots time and time again, timely knock down shots. And we've both been in a situation where that is the difference between winning and losing at, at a fever level is the ability to knock down the three ball. And I thought Germany did it really well all tournament without looking at stats. Yeah. It just seemed like they were just constantly knocking down threes. I'll go on a, another conversational Euro step you just mentioned, but as I watched and I watched Latvia, the minute I stepped on a plane to start my three years in Russia, my first preseason was in Riga, the, the capital of Latvia. Mm-hmm. And from the minute I walked into Ural Great Perm, we shot the basketball. We trained two, two to two and a half hour sessions a day. At least two hours were catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. If you couldn't down, if you couldn't knock down a jump shot, you couldn't play in Russia, in Latvia, in many of the European nations. And I think that's somewhere Australia's fallen behind. And we mentioned with with our incredible chat with Sam Vassini that. We're very system-based. We're not as much skill-based here in Australia. And shooting's one of those skills uh, that your rider was really highlighted on a global stage that we, we haven't kept up with the rest of the world. Um, speaking of the rest of the world, Serbia were missing arguably the best basketball player in the world and won a silver medal. Their default best player, Bogdan Bogdanovic, was sick and sat most of the fourth quarter. He was so ill he couldn't play in a, a World Cup silver medal game, yet still pushed Germany to the brink. Um, really, really impressive tournament. Bogdanovic had a great tournament, made the All-Star Five. Um, their big guy whose name escapes me, and it shouldn't because he's a big I thought was incredible over the stretch of the tournament. But um, do you have any other thoughts on Serbia? I expected them not knowing Bogdanovich was injured. And uh, I must admit, I chatted to Dirk a, a couple of times as this went through from the, the night they were beating us uh, to the semi-final and the final. I said, as soon as they got past Latvia, Germany were underdogs, significant underdogs in the remaining two games that they played. And I thought, 
you know, it surprised me that Serbia weren't world champions once the United States were eliminated. They're just a good basketball team. <laughs> you, you know, the, the sickness to Bogdanovic definitely doesn't help, uh, especially in a gold medal game where it's a matter of inches when it comes down to who makes a play, who doesn't and all that. Um, so it's funny, Germany and Serbia, the two places that I played hoops in abroad, um, two very different styles of basketball in the way that they go about their business. Uh, that methodical Serbian uh, offense, I thought Germany outplayed them in that. Uh, which was, I wasn't expecting that out of the German team, uh, which is kudos to the coach and what he was able to do with that, that, that squad. Uh, but, you know, when you add the lights of Jokic next year, that whole dynamic of that team changes. Um, <clears throat> we talk about if Ben Simmons comes back in, what does that mean for the Boomers? Uh, Serbia are talking about what Jokic does for Serbia, what uh, Giannis does for Greece, what Porzingis does for Latvia, and now we're talking apples and oranges. What, what Murray does for Canada. What Murray does for Canada. Like, there is some serious talent to come in, which is also my concern for Australia moving forward, is <clears throat> we don't quite have a, a cons like an all-star Go to guy. You you, uh, you you said it. You said it last week. We don't have the guy. Mm -hmm. And I I listened to uh, my mate James Clements' podcast, NBA Australia, which is a very different podcast. This one I love it. But he actually described it really well today that Australia doesn't have a lightning quick point of attack point guard that we can create numerical disadvantages at any stage during an offensive set. Giddy's incredible, but he's not as quick as Schroeder. He's not as quick as SGA. He's not as quick as what the Americans will throw out. Um, Our most explosive right player on. is Josh Green. Right, and they're going to play off him because they'll, they'll dare him to shoot it. Mm -hmm. um, so you're right. The, the, the more you speak and the, the more you evaluate this tournament, it's not Australia's coaching. It, it's not the style of play. It's actually the talent of the players selected. And it's going to be a really interesting selection dilemma over the next 12 months to see who makes the team for Paris. For, for Paris. For, uh, for Paris. Yeah, it is Paris. I was right in the I was, first I was like, why are you confusing this? <laughs> no, it wasn't that hard. Um, hey, hey, Canada. Um, I was a little bit tongue-in-cheek when I asked if Shea Gildas-Alexander was one of the best international basketball players on, in the globe, on the globe, around the globe. Um, I just thought he was outstanding. And, you know, to, to suffer a, a semi-final loss in search of the first, of, of Canada's first medal, and then to have almost victory snatched away from you with, a miss free throw, chase it down, knock down a corner three, and then take over against the USA in overtime. On top of everything else he did that tournament, I just thought Shea was incredible. 
I've never seen a bigger uh, 180 degree view of a player in such a short period of time as what I've seen with regard to Dylan Brooks over the last few months. Um, I just thought with what we experienced in Australia when the Boomers won bronze at the Tokyo Olympics and how, how much that meant for so many people, I know enough people in Canada, that tournament right there meant the same to them and, and they've got another level to get to. I watched the game and I don't know I don't know what made me think this, but obviously they beat USA. They they get the bronze medal. And it felt like they weren't happy with it. It looked like they weren't happy, like that was what they were supposed to do. Yep. And take it back twelve months of when we win the bronze medal. And obviously I'm not trying to take away from what we did because it was an unbelievable achievement. Of course. But then I, I, I look, I was like, these guys are actually pissed that they won a bronze. Their first ever medal in a major competition. And they looked pissed about it because they thought that they should have won a gold. And I'm like, man, we're going to get to USA in a little bit, but... I really like Canada going forward. Like I really, really like them going forward. Uh, they just seem to have a bit of a different attitude to most. Dylan Brooks was incredible in that game. Obviously shooting, again, a highlight of the difference between winning and losing is making shots. He went seven of eight from three in that game, uh, made all the right plays. He allowed Shea probably more space because typically his guys, the guys that's cracking in into the keyway, especially FIBA rules uh, to try and clog up the lane a little bit more, but they couldn't do it in the second half because he was knocking down shots and he made contested shots at times. Um, yeah. What was it? Everyone wanted him to go play in China and he put on an absolute show in the Philippines. Oh, uh, <laughs> good. But, but you, you know what? I, I looked up the numbers because I've had a couple of conversations around it and, Clearly, of every nation in the world, there are most Americans in the NBA. That's obvious. Canada have 31 players in the NBA. So without looking too hard, you think, okay, how did Canada improve? Because all the talk, and we mentioned it a couple of pods ago, with the USA is sending Curry, they're going to send LeBron, they're going to send Durant. But Canada can, shoot, can send Jamal Murray, who we've mentioned. They can send Wiggins. They can send Shaden Sharp. They can send Mathurin. They can send uh, his teammate at Indiana, whose name escapes me off the top of my head. But they've got 31 guys in the NBA. And again, we mentioned geographical isolation here in Australia with how well we're going having 11 guys in the NBA and what a luxury that is. Canada have 31 and they're led by Jamal Murray and Shay Gilgis Alexander. They're, and I think, and from what I hear, the mindset and the culture around Team Canada now is really similar to what we've heard about the Boomers the last couple of years, where they're all in. They see this, they want this, and, uh, geez, they might very well take it. I think they do. 
we'll, we'll move on to hey, USA. Look, b- before we get before we get to the USA, I, I do want to mention one guy, and it's it's funny where your mind goes on these tournaments. And again, my comparison to what Canada did here to what the Australian Boomers did at the Olympic Games, but I couldn't help but be really, really happy for Kelly for Kelly Olynyk. He's been a mainstay of that Canadian team when they sucked. You know, the 0-5 Olympic Games, the, 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 you know, the non-meddling, the, the ninth place finishes and worse, the, the non-qualification to major tournaments. And I couldn't help but spare a thought for him when they won that medal. And as we've done, we're speaking about all of these other names. But f- for me, the, the best comparison I had for Kelly Olenek in the moment where they won bronze was Joe Ingalls. He was the, he's been the glue that's kept Team Canada together from afar. I don't know. I just felt really, really happy for that guy. And I'd, I'd spoken to you about it. Um, what a what a luxury to have a guy like like he's a he's a very, very, very solid FIBA player. Like he's a very good basketball player. I mean, he's in the NBA, so obviously he's a very good basketball player, but. Fever, someone of his size and his scoring ability, um, it's a real luxury to have. And I thought he played really unselfish in that role. Um, he he has he has a skill set to be able to take some wild shots and make some wild shots because we've seen it in the NBA. But even some of the pick and pop action, he was really good at making an extra pass. He was really good at going into a DHO uh, because he could see that his player was well off and someone else was going in the game. I really, really enjoyed watching him play this tournament. And he he did take a backseat role to Brooks, um, to Shea and all that, but couldn't understate more how important he was to that team. It was interesting when USA hit that crazy shot from the corner um, and they still had point whatever of a second left. The play they ran was for him and he nearly made that. Um, But I agree. No, I'm wrapped for him. Now, you mentioned USA. We've got to get on to the USA. Oh, there are so many thoughts about the USA, about the state of the game globally. What's your gut reaction not your gut reaction, it's been a few days now. What, where have you settled on Team USA and their performance this World Cup? I'll start with the narrative of how Team USA has spun it already. And this is a LeBron narrative. Um, we're going to get a super team together to play next year. We're going to bring in Chris Paul, LeBron... Devin Booker, you know. It can't be Chris Paul. He's put his hand up. Um, Who cares? And my initial reaction is... My initial reaction is if they pick KD and all that and they bring back all these older players, um, in 2008, they won the gold medal versus Spain in the Redeem team. Or is that... Yeah, 2008. They won against Spain by seven in their prime versus Paul Gasol and a bunch of EuroLeague guys. The entitlement of them thinking that this will be the answer 
is incorrect. I think Cole Kuzma said it best. You better find yourself some NBA stars that are comfortable to play a role, to learn how to sit down and play defense and might not touch the ball because they just haven't found the right balance. They've won a lot of games on talent alone, but the system hasn't been there or the buy-in. Um, you look at this current team and their makeup, uh, you know, you got Austin Reeves there doing his thing. I thought he was, he was a solid fever player. Um, they don't strike fear into you anymore. The rest of the world is no longer going, holy shit, we've got to play against Team USA. I think a lot of teams go, how good? We get an opportunity to show how good we are. And yeah, I, I, I just think that they, they lacked bigs that understand the FIBA system well, and they get confused about role and ability. This is my best way of putting it. Can- I, I love that you said that, you know, uh, Brandon Ingram, he wasn't sick the last two games. He, he went into the tank, wasn't sick, didn't want to play, wasn't happy. That speaks a lot of what you just speak about. Um, the, the style of play part, it's, I think when you grow up in Australia or you grow up in Europe, what you don't get in the AAU system and college basketball is you move the ball to shift the defense to attack. The NBA is predicated on elite, the best athletes in the world having the ability to break down a defender who's right in front of them. But the ball doesn't move you. Someone like James Harden, even, even Luka Doncic, who I know is not American, but plays in the NBA, of course, now. When the ball's not in their hands and the, 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 some of the great superstars, they don't move. They stand there, they wait for it to get back in their hands and they tr- and they can and they try to make a play. What we saw with Latvia, what we saw with Lithuania, what we saw with even Canada with so many NBA players was the ball moves and the defence shifted so much easier to attack a defender who is in motion than a stationary defender. And by extension, five stationary defenders who have now loaded up on the guy with the ball. And I I still don't think American basketball gets that. Um, And so I agree they very well with their best team may have talent, a lot of the teams, but it won't be easily. Even if you bring on, even if you bring in Steph Curry, he'll get posted up straight away and they'll, they'll highlight that. And even if you bring in... Durant and even you, you still got to rebound. I, I really, really hope how great will the next Olympic Games be if all of the superstars are injury free and available? Geez, I can't wait. Well, one team that we haven't spoke about is the French team. Like they're coming well, up a disappointing, uh, but Paul, you add Victor Webinyama to that group as well. Um, I think they're going to be a whole lot hungrier come the Olympics, playing in their uh, home country as well. Like, it's just another one to add to the list. But, yeah. So let's come back home for for a minute. Um, You've heard a lot about the Boomers' performance. We spoke about it last pod. Has your opinion changed at all with Germany winning gold? 
um, as I mentioned right at the start, I, I just the sliding doors moment that Germany had with Davis Bertans missing a three on the buzzer to eliminate them, for me in my mind highlighted what we spoke about is that the boomers like Germany can medal, but also be knocked out at any stage through a tournament like this. And I, I know that we're both biased, so let's not comment on Gorge, but there's no one better to take this team into the Olympic Games and Gorge, and he'll hand over after Paris. Who that is to, I do not know. But the worst thing, and I'm glad BA didn't even consider it, would be to appoint a new coach over the next 12 months. Um, somebody will get their shot after the Olympic Games. My first question, and I don't actually know the answer to this, but of the people who have a voice in Australia with Australian basketball of note, who actually wanted Gorge to be fired? Well, there's probably a few. With a voice? Like a, a prominent voice? I that, feel like you're holding one in. I feel like you're keeping one in the holster here. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I haven't seen anyone of note of like that that gets it like that was that had said that Gord should be fired. I'm not holding anything here. I'm just I'm just asking a genuine question. Yeah, obviously, it, 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 to me, it's been it's been general public. It's been knee jerk. It's been correct. We didn't, as we spoke about, we didn't achieve what Basketball Australia and the Boomers themselves had promoted as their goal into winning a medal. So it's got to be someone's fault. But you just can't win a medal every major tournament. No, no. Uh, so, so I'm getting to my point is that a lot of the, these public opinions on what they think Gorge shouldn't be here, I ask who should be there if if it's not Gorge over the next 12 months and I can't. I can't give you a name of who I'd rather have at the helm. Um, like you said, maybe we're a little bit more biased towards Gorge, but he seems to be the right guy for the job still for me. Uh, as far as the team makeup goes, um, obviously we've, we need more shooting. That's apparent. Um, we, we had a lot of guys that sort of crossed over into other people's lanes and, uh, as far as crossover, I don't envy the person who has to make the decisions, the coaching staff that have to make the decisions on this. Um, but there was always going to be this knee-jerk reaction from the public with how um, loud the boomers' culture had got and the build-up to this World Cup, the documentary that came out, the, the fact that we've got you know, the 11 players in the NBA. Um, we're, we're a greedy country. We, we want more. We want, we want success. We want gold. But as you said, it doesn't happen for everyone. What you want and what you get are two separate things. The, the margins are thin. You speak about Germany and Latvia, the sliding door moment. What, what happens if we beat Germany? You know? Does that change the complexion of all of this for the boomers? Do they do they get to the medals rounds from that? Are they good enough on their day to be able to beat a team? Possibly. But a lot of people don't understand what tournament play is. Uh, the fine line between players 
um, how good they feel on the day, how how confident they feel going into a game, what what happens there, uh, and managing a roster that is full of NBA guys now. They want to play. Not everyone gets to play. I think about even the Team USA, like Cam Johnson, hardly got to play. You know, he played spot minutes here and there. This is a guy that's making millions and millions of dollars uh, that's hardly getting to play. <clears throat> How do you manage that roster? Um, and there's obviously a changing of the guard with the boomers as well. We've got all these young young players that are coming through. We've got a few of the older heads. There's not a whole lot of middle ground in there. Uh, and so I think the makeup of the team going forward probably changes. Uh It'd be interesting to see what they do to solve the, the shooting problem. I don't know if there's we'll an leave, answer. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that alone for now. We'll get into that as the NBL season uh, begins in, in a few weeks' time, and uh, we'll chat about that later. Uh, on a positive note, Duop Reith uh, was announced yesterday that he's picked up a one-year deal with the Portland Trailblazers. There was a lot of talk of him coming back to United uh, for a lot of money. Uh, we saw him in the summer league. We're really impressed with what he did in the summer league. For me, my surprise is it's taken this long for him to get an NBA job. And probably my other surprise is I would have loved to have seen more of him during the World Cup. I thought he played really well uh, in the limited minutes that he played, especially in the absence of uh, Jock Landau. Yeah, really happy for him. Uh, He's gotten noticeably better since... Uh, his time in the NBL with Illawarra and his game has continued to grow. I think he played well in the, the lead up games, as you said, uh, didn't get a, a lot of court time uh, this tournament, but he's an NBA player. He deserves to be there. There's not much more to it. The world cup announced an all-star five um, full of guards. I noticed that. About, um, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Anthony Edwards, Dennis Schroeder, Bogdan Bogdanovic, and Luka Doncic. You can't disagree that they were five of the best players in this tournament. My question becomes, is there any requirement, and the NBA will likely follow suit here, for an all-star team, an all-star five to be positional, or do we just award the five best players? I didn't mind this. I, I think it should be the best five players. <clears throat> I think the NBL should I, be the I best agree. five players. I think the NBA should be the best five players. You shouldn't make a second team or a third team uh, a la Jokic. Second team All-NBA. No, he's the second best player, arguably the best player in the competition. He should be in the first team. Um, I've, I've never liked the three outside, two inside. We, we play positionless basketball now for a reason. If you're an all-star five, it means you're the five best players in the world at that time in that tournament. I was all for it. I, I did notice that they were all guards when it all came out and my initial gut reaction was good. Award it to the people that should be rewarded at the time. I've got one. I've actually got two more. There's one more on my run sheet, but I can't help myself. Are the Denver Nuggets or Germany world champions? 
uh, Germany is the world champions. Is it even a conversation? Uh, not for the people outside of the States. And they would say it's not a conversation with people inside the States who think that the world revolves around them. So, no, Germany is the world champs. Case closed uh, because the so-called world champ country uh, didn't even medal. The last point on my run sheet is Luka Doncic. And I spent a lot of time thinking about this yesterday. There's been a lot made, and I love the fact that he got ejected from a game. And for me, the NBA referees need to stamp on top of his whining and his flopping, and he does that everywhere. But someone very wise said to me a while ago, when you see someone acting out, you've got to sometimes ask why. And so everybody comments about Luca's whining, and they comment about his flopping. They also, of course, comment on his ability. But I started asking, I wonder why. Then you look at the teams Luke has been on for the last six, seven years, whether it be the Mavericks or whether it be especially Slovenia. And he is absolutely the focal point of each team he's played on for the last five to seven years. And the defensive attention, the frustration in teammates, the frustration in not every game being able to carry that team, the frustration with the calls he does or doesn't get. I kind of get it. And in thinking about this, Slovenia can't go and magically bring up and, and put on the team another incredibly talented player. They just don't have them. But the Mavericks can. He, he needs a running mate. Not Kyrie Irving. That, that's not going to get it done. Forget that. But he needs a, a big body, a, a, you know, a, a scoring wing, perhaps an Anthony Davis type, someone completely different to him that he can go, okay, for the 10 minutes I'm on the bench and even for five or six minutes that I'm on the court, I can take a breather. It just seems to me that out of all of the basketball players in the world, there is so much responsibility put on Luka Doncic every single possession of basketball he plays. So I kind of get it. It's it's not it's nothing I've spoken to you about yet. What do you? How do you see that? I think it's a good point. I think it's an interesting point. Uh, it's funny. I'd probably look at Luka and his first. What is he, six, six, seven years in the NBA now? Um, very similar to LeBron. I mean, he had to do a lot of the heavy lifting and where the flopping, the whinging, the whining and all that came from. Um, there's some parallels there now that you lay it out like that. Uh, LeBron, and even as you speak, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but even as you speak, and I hadn't thought of it until you said it just now, perhaps that's why LeBron went running to get next to Dwayne Wade yeah. or to get next to Chris Bosh. He needed that for his own game. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he plays 20, 21 seasons. If he didn't get help alongside of him, um, I can see a world really easily where Luca gets burnt out in the next couple of years from trying to, you know, cover this workload that he has. Not only, and it, as you know, Chris, an NBA season to national team commitments it takes it out of you. 
if you do it at year after year, I mean, we're coming off two pretty big years for Slovenia in the basketball world of what they've been able to do with going into a third one with the Olympics. Uh, if the Mavericks don't get more help from him, like you said, Kyrie's not the answer. We, we both know that. The, they need a, a, a focal big or a, a, a taller wing, so to speak, to be able to create their own shots. I think I was listening to Bill Simmons talk. This is a few months back now. But Luca's usage rate was something ridiculous, like in the high 70s for his team, where the next person in the NBA usage rate was like the high 30s or something, something stupid like that. Like that is how ridiculous of his usage here's rate. The, here's, here's the thing. I bet it's higher for Slovenia. Yeah, I agree. They oh, definitely don't have a Kyrie. Uh, where Kyrie can and does have the ability to make his own shot. Um, I'm a Mavericks fan. Obviously, you're you're a Mavericks fan as well. I watch him and I'm in awe of what he's able to do on a basketball court and what he's been able to do. Uh, But we know that it doesn't create a winning like an NBA championship win, they, they came close. Anyone in the NBA can come close if you have a good run at it because you've got exceptional talent. But they don't have a difference maker outside of Luca, in my opinion. Mate, uh, that'll do it uh, for season one. We'll, we'll officially rule the line under this one and we'll call this season one and... Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a preview of the NBL season. I know we've got, we've already had some really interesting thoughts, but I'm heading up to the Blitz next week. I'm going to check out all of the teams, see some of the new players in person and get a really good feel. Uh, A few other really exciting announcements that uh, we might even hold off a couple of weeks and make on this podcast and shoot them out to media and, uh, got a few things coming up in the in the future that we'll announce. But uh, were those season one done, mate? Mate, we we weren't sure how this would go, but we've loved it. I've loved it, and uh, we'll see in a couple of weeks for season two, mate, bigger it, and better. This, this this has been a really awesome year. I think uh, this is something that we've spoken about for a long time, wanting to do. Um, we know that we've had some bumps along the road in getting this to where we want to go. I appreciate everyone supporting my um, fucking bird that chirps nonstop in the background and and getting the good responses. Um, You said it in the last podcast, this is something that we're trying to up our game and we want to be better for you, the listener. And uh, we've got a few things that we're going to do going forward, but uh, we really appreciate all the support. We appreciate getting the word out to the people about what we're doing here. Uh, This is not a biased view towards anyone or anything. This is us speaking how the only way that we know how to. And uh, we're really looking forward to what we've got going on in season two because there's so much more to talk about. We we definitely see basketball through a different lens and uh, we enjoy having you guys come along for the ride. Couldn't have said it better. Chat to you online in a couple of weeks, weather.